Welcome to the Limitless Life Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Smith. And today with me, got an old, old friend, not in age, but just uh, in duration of time that we've known each other. Uh, we're both in our early 30s currently. Basically, half of we've known each other for basically half of our lives. And because uh, it was around 15, 16, 17 that we would have known each other. And now we're 32 and 30. What are you at, Akeem? Uh, 31. 31 21 in dog years but yeah yeah 21 in dog years so like i just said our guest today is akeem the dream aka bruce wayne himself that's right quarterback real estate project lead host of the akeem akeem's dream show and the hopper podcast aspiring boxer bjj player you said yeah. and psychedelic adventurer which is also known as a psychonaut I'm not sure if you're too oh. familiar with that, but yeah, it's a psycho, oh. psychedelic astronaut. So thank you oh, wow. very much for being on the show. Welcome. Uh, thank you very much, Kyle, for having me. I'm fired up for this, buddy. Excellent. So before we go into uh, any meat and potatoes, I'm sure we're going to have a very conversational, but for the first chunk of episodes, I'm really trying to bring on people who I believe have had a positive influence or a positive impact on my existence. And you were one of those people. So I just want to acknowledge you for having, um, I believe, a very big heart. Uh, you're very entertaining. You're a very um, enjoyable person to be around. You are ambitious and you are caring. And there is a lot, there is, there, there is such, you're such a dynamic person. I think Thanks, man. there's always a conversation to have with you and it's not superficial. Like you think deep, you don't think shallow, you don't have a shallow way of thinking you deep dive into various things. Like you have structure and conversations and opinions on a variety of topics that are your own rather than just taking in the friggin' the, the information and the, uh, secondhand opinions of others you're very you're a very like you're you're your own entity and i really admire that about you and i think it inspires and encourages a lot of positive behavior in the people around you hey man i really appreciate that that's super kind words and i'd say a lot of things about the same about you kyle you're very very uh, independent thinker and uh always very positive and just a force of nature in your own right so Thank you very much for the kind words. It's a good thing I'm mixed because I can't blush, but it's uh, you really made me feel great just then. Thank you so much, bro. You are very welcome. So uh, like I mentioned in the introduction, you have your own podcast. In fact, you were one of the people that really encouraged a lot or the idea of me starting a podcast. I was your very first guest That's right. on your podcast. I was also your hundredth guest on yeah. your podcast, which was so cool. Both times were fantastic. Um. And at least for myself, uh, I, I understood, or for me, I was really resistant to starting a podcast just because I didn't know what I wanted to put out there. Mm -hmm. Your podcast is a compilation and you have two, so we can talk about them separately, but for at least the one that I was a guest on, mm -hmm. it's a compilation of a lot of interesting ideas, almost like personal essays and just thoughts that you've had on yes. a regular basis. So what inspired that? Can you tell me about it? Yeah. The inspire the inspiration came from my twenties. I used to keep, like, I used to get random ideas throughout the day and I would keep a log or like a journal of 
all these crazy ideas. Like I'd watch a movie about the mafia and I'd be like, man, these guys are really good storytellers. So I'd make that note. Or I'd watch a, you know, a movie about time travel. I'd be like, why is it that, you know, time travel, it feels like we're the faster we go through time or the more we go through time, the faster it speeds up. So they're just random thoughts that you would have throughout the course of a day living your life. And they've always been like mental. I've always liked the mental exercises of thinking through them being like, Hey, what if I just took it all the way to its final conclusion? Where would it go? And then by the time I kind of late, late 2020, I had a lot of downtime. So I was able to uh, compile all these thoughts. And I said, I'm going to start a blog. So I wrote a blog down and I started my own website. Uh, and then on this website, I was writing blogs. And then I was seeing a girl at the time who was reading these blogs. She's like, Akeem, you're really good at just talking. Uh, maybe you could just, you know, put like a little audio clip at the bottom of the blogs on the website. I'm like, actually, sweetheart, it's called the podcast. Maybe I should just try doing that. So the first podcast I ever did was about how Walmart was uh, one of the greatest, is the best place to loiter. Uh, and it came to me because in my 20s, I used to end my night by going to Walmarts and just walking around because I had nothing else to do. And in Edmonton, let's keep it real, like unless you're going to West Ed or you, you're in some kind of martial arts or you have something going on, there's not a lot to do at the end of the night. So I, to end the night on a high note, I used to go to Walmarts and that's where that thought came from. And I talked about how it's like, I gave, I just wrote a blog about it. And then that was the first podcast I ever did was about how Walmart is the best because of X, Y, and Z. And that was the, uh, that was the origi origination for the podcast, Akeem's dream show. Now it's just like a kind of current events show slash a show in the same vein. And I do podcasts with amazing people like yourself, but uh, I like to have a lot of fun with it. It's kind of anything goes kind of podcast. I really like that. Uh, the, my intention with this podcast is to have, uh, a good combination of just people that I think are really interesting and really inspiring. And also I want to take on people that are uh, really crazy in like their particular industry. Like the idea behind the limitless life podcast is to mm -hmm. try to introduce a different way of living, not just thinking, but a different way of living. But mm -hmm. the thing, something that you mentioned that I wanted to uh, point out a really cool takeaway is your, your, um, and I, I've started recognizing that I've been doing this recently a lot more. I've been a lot more cognizant and I'm actually calling it intentional thinking. Okay. So instead of it being a meditation, it's intentional thinking. It's actively going through thoughts, whether good or bad. And I came up with a cool system, but uh, which I'm going to be talking about probably like in a video later, or just another style of a podcast like this, but sweet, but, but what, what it was is um, you're taking a thought and you're intentionally pursuing with curiosity, what would the story be like if it played out? What would the end be like? Yeah. Do you know where that kind of came from or that process came from? Cause it's like, it's like it's there's imagination. And then that's like, to me, I call it directed imagination. And I think I don't hear of other folks talking about too, too much. That's a great, that's a great um, question, Kyle. I would say it was, it came from my curiosity in detective novels and detective stories. Um, so Sherlock Holmes, of course, Batman. Um, I grew up on Batman, right? In the nineties, uh, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The animated series for Batman. And then the Sherlock Holmes novels and the Hardy boys. Part of me always wanted to be a detective and a moral and a curiosity detective. So like whenever I heard something, I didn't know what it was. I didn't meet Google was my favorite invention ever. I just, before you had to go to the libraries and that's, a, you know, it's another story for another day, but in modern times, it's so easy. Information at the tip of the, is at the tip of your fingers. So 
whenever I got a thought like, oh, gangsters are the best storytellers or uh, where do people in small towns go for therapy or whatever, right? It's like, I get these like random thoughts out of nowhere based on just living your life, right? You'll just live your life. And I think everyone gets these insights when they're just kind of going about their day, going about their lives. But to the degree of which they unpack it or they they pursue it is, it, you know, it's varying depending on who you are. And I'm just a naturally curious person. But those detective shows and novels made me think, hey, what does this fingerprint mean? Who's it connected to? What did this, why is this residue here? Uh, who's, who are they connected to? What family lineage? Or in the movie Rush Hour 2, they always say, they always used to say, uh, or Chris Tucker uh, gave Jackie Chan his theory about uh, 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 what do you call it? Crime bosses or bad guys. He's like, if you ever want to know who did it, just follow the rich white man. Whoever the, whoever, whoever the rich person was who was affiliated with this, follow the money and you'll find the answer. So I've always been curious about um, how things unpack, where things come from, the etymology of things. So the etymology of words, uh, a lot of words come from Latin, um, right? Like old English. And if you look about where the meaning of the words come from, symbology, all this stuff, uh, I, I've always been curious about it. So I would just I would just say it came from my fascination with detective stories, detective novels, uh, guys like Sherlock Holmes, who would I've always been jealous of those movies or the shows where he walks into a room and he has like premonition about what happened before. No, premonition is about the future, but he'd always have like he'd have some kind of insight about what happened. And it would almost like he'd be watching the crime take place right in front of his eyes based on the cues he's taken from the built environment. I was always like, man, that is the real superpower. So that's where it came from, I think. I that's actually funny because I think that I have very similar curiosity it's kind of funny every time i talk with you i'm like oh shit we got a little bit, a couple that's another thing we have in common i guess but uh i i definitely do sherlock holmes was like always the jam for for me growing up like i really enjoyed robert downey jr's take on sherlock holmes yes. and then i like it was it's just so it's really practical it's really cool i think um and i i was just thinking of this uh upon reflecting on myself so it might resonate with you so i just want to share it but uh, there's a, there's the idea of like, there's obvious, there's anxiety and then there's boredom, right? Mm -hmm. And I find that there's sometimes you go out to the, you go out to a bar and you're hanging out with a group of people and you can have two of the same individuals sitting next to each other. And one could be uh, really, really chill, like engaging with people and seem like the life of the party. And then the other person's a little bit more reserved. I actually, there's this kind of thing where um, anxious, like social anxiousness, exact, uh, uh, in particular in this context, but uh, so, or anxiety is self-consciousness. Boredom okay. is yeah. self-centeredness. And I think yeah. to be able to take on the, the curiosity, that self-centeredness and that self-consciousness has to be pushed to the side a little bit in order to engage in curiosity. So my idea or my question for you is, do you think when you engage with other people from a standpoint of being curious, self-consciousness and self-centeredness goes away? Yeah, I think so. I think that if you want to really engage and connect, uh, and connect to, connecting to me means relatability and finding common ground. To do that, you have to surrender a bit of your ego and you have to kind of get over yourself. And uh, 
for me, I've always found the most amount of success dealing with people when I can just fully kind of lose myself in their story and figure out what's going on with them. And for me to do that, um, there is a degree of, yeah, like uh, uh, getting over my paranoia of the situation, um, overcoming your fear of the situation. Uh, I just watched this clip about uh, Seinfeld where uh, Jerry Seinfeld goes up to George Costanza and uh, George Costanza is like, oh, there's a beautiful woman over there. She just looked at me, but I can't go talk to her. You know, my life sucks. And Jerry goes, well, this is your chance to do the opposite. You know, instead of uh, egg salad and being intimidated by women, chicken salad and going right up to them. And he goes, really? And he's like, well, if uh, if every instinct you have is wrong, uh, then the opposite would have to be right. So um, I like the idea of that when it comes to engaging with people where it's like you get that bit of fear. And I think that's what you're kind of maybe talking about a little bit with the with the anxiety. Um, you know, it's a fear of yourself in a way. Uh, and if you have that, that's totally normal human emotion to kind of interact with or to experience. Um, but I would encourage you to take the Jerry Seinfeld approach and just do the opposite and try to try to be like, what if I wasn't anxious? What if I wasn't uh, a scared person to engage with this person? In? And then you're kind of free to take the pressure off yourself and ask people the questions. People love getting asked questions. People love, people love to tell you about themselves um, if it's genuine, right? Sometimes it can be contrived or forced, um, but that's kind of the art of it. It's not a science. Um, you're not going to connect with everyone you talk to um, and you shouldn't have that expectation. You should just kind of be like a bit of a, a mad scientist out there and and uh whenever curiosity uh bubbles up in you and you kind of get interested in a subject or a person or a moment in time you should just go for it and if you get um, anxious you should just say well i'm gonna listen to jerry seinfeld on this one and just get for if just go for it you know because if every instinct you have is wrong then the opposite must be right i think that uh i think that the going for a little existentialism on this one but I definitely think that the universe just automatically wants a form of balance. And I think that whether we like it or not, we're going to be pushed in one way or the other. And I actually think that when we're like, I'm not sure if you experienced it, but I've, I have, I have it like, it's a sensation in my gut and this is where it's going to get all woo woo, but I feel a sensation in my gut and it's like being pulled to it. Like I know the right thing to do. Right. Uh, and I've actually found that when I was the most incongruent, like I was the most inconsistent with that ambition. I considered ambition and my, my behaviors. That's when I found myself to be like freaking, like just, just bashing my head up against the wall. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think, I think when there is that balance, there is that balance where there is the opposite to it as well. So when I started doing the opposite of incongruently behaving and I was in congruence, there's more balance. And now I found that there's, it's a lot easier to kind of like, kind of like flow. Like it's a lot easier to kind of flow. It's like being an airbender, you know, you're kind yeah. of like just flowing with it. Like it's like twinkle toes, you know, you're just like really slow and you're smooth with it. I would say put more stock into the action of whatever the activity is or the emotion is and less act, less emotion into the outcome. Because uh, I think that if you put, if you put all your intention into the action of just doing it, like to finish that Jerry Seinfeld bit, he tells George that, and George gets the courage to go up and talk to the girl who was looking at him from across the diner. And he goes, hi. And he's like, oh, she's like, hey, how's it going? She's like, what are you talking to me? She's like, oh, I just saw you looking at me from across the room. 
She's like, yeah, I just noticed you, you ordered a chicken salad. I ordered that too, which ties into Jerry's first point about ordering something different for dinner, for lunch. And then he goes, hi, my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, hi, my name's Elizabeth. How are, you know, she took it positively. I mean, obviously, maybe that's not realistic, but the principle there is huge because he was focusing all his energy on the action of just doing it and forgetting about what she was going to say. He didn't even, he, he probably knew she was probably going to say something like, whoa, this guy's a loser. And not to say that that's, you know, you should definitely try to move out your parents' house, but that's not the point. The point is he put the, he put the focus on the action and not on the outcome. And when it comes to this anxiety, when it comes to this balance you're talking about, I think the more you can focus on what can I, what can I, what can I kind of, you can control going up and doing what George did. You can control, uh, doing the activity, uh, overcoming your anxiety, overcoming the fear. What you can't control is what happens after that, but you got to put all your focus on the front end. That was really good. I think, uh, I like, yeah, I like it. I like, I like thinking that, uh, feelings follow action. Yeah. So it's like, in, so it's just going to kind of flow with that. But I, oh man, that was such a great, that was such a great reference. You literally had the whole skit. I, I seen <laughs> it while you were describing it. <laughs> That yeah. is amazing. So what's inspired? Well, obviously there was Sherlock Holmes and, uh, and Batman for at least like the imagination and curiosity, but uh, this kind of system of thinking, cause I look at it as a system of thinking where it take, I, I believe it takes time to actually learn how to separate the facts from the feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's like an intentional and active pursuit. And it's a very difficult one. And it's really irritating. Because you just have to like re reflect on how much you suck at certain things and then just try to get a little bit better at it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so is there anything that kind of stuck out with that or like, because I think this, I mean, I'm really asking because I think it's such a, a cool thing for people to be aware of that kind of exists. It's like, oh shit. Like for me, I felt like I didn't have to sit in my suffering because I was able to, kind of, I don't know, I was just able to get through things a little bit simpler, but yeah, what do you what were your thought what are your thoughts on that kind of process? On separating facts from feelings? Yeah, like what cuz what what inspired that like where you're focusing more on the action rather than the feeling of uh the what ifs. Is there any anything that kind of sticks out to you that yeah, you could really think of? Go for it. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to facts versus feelings and, you know, outcomes and processes like that, I would say Thinking about uh, the facts, facts are, I would say, it's easier to think about it if you think about like sciences versus the arts. And I say that only to say that just because it's a fact doesn't mean it's always right. And just because it's a feeling doesn't mean it's always wrong. Uh, there's a lot of nuance and there's a lot of gray here. So if you don't obey the facts or the, the facts of the universe, such as gravity, you know, and you think that, oh, my feelings say that I can fly. Well, you're going to have a rough awakening, right? But if you have a feeling about like, oh, I need to go start a business, but the facts say that, you know, you have X amount of skills and you don't have enough money and this and that, you know, the science-based perspective might say, hey, from a material perspective, like from a skills perspective, from a life perspective, you're not ready and it's not the right time. But from an arts perspective um, and maybe from like, you know, your gut and your soul, um, it might be the perfect time. And it's always, by the way, it's always the right time. The right time is always right now. I truly believe that. Um, so there's a bit of like a gray here where it's like, you know, there's the real world, there's a physical world, there's the manifest, there's the world that like you, we exist in the laws of science. 
gravity and physics and chemistry and all, all that stuff. And then there's the um, artistic world where it's like interpretation, feeling, emotion, desire, motive, uh, you know, intention, where uh, you can kind of bend the laws uh, that are made by man to to fit your to fit what you want, um, as long as you you know put the work behind it and everything. So um, the facts the facts are important when it comes to life and death, I think. But you know when it comes to your life and when it comes to your desires and what you want to get done, um, I'm a true believer in just, uh, you know, feelings are a word that are kind of like mishy mashy, wishy washy, but I, I truly believe in just listening to whatever your, whatever your heart is telling you, listen to your mind, uh, take counsel from people you respect and you look up to, uh, and use that to kind of use a, make a recipe of, uh, your cookbook of decision-making <laughs> And, you know, you get, you know, let's say it's like a cookie recipe. Uh, the flour is like your guts and your feelings. And the sugar is like someone you respect. And, you know, the the, the yeast and the baking powder is uh, maybe uh, an influencer you follow who you really look up to, right? And then you have enough of these ingredients and then you put it in the oven and then you'll know right away <laughs> um, once the cookies are done, if you made the right decision or not. But then, hey, here's the good thing about life. You can always make a fresh batch and you tweak the recipe a bit. And then that's the iteration process, right? And then as soon as you figure out how to make the cookies right, you save that recipe and you just rinse and repeat. I, I think that's actually freaking amazing. So <clears throat> I'm actually going to ask you this one because I'm going to integrate it into with my coaching clients. And I just want everyone to be able to kind of work with it. But it's the thinking process that we're talking about, I'm trying to create a structure so that I can teach it to people more effectively. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I put it as I, I titled it the, the big idea and idea mm -hmm. is the, uh, and I made a post about it. Maybe you've seen it, but basically it, it's an acronym. So it goes intentional discussion, mm -hmm. elimination, and a, I've had a little, so far I have it as action because intention without action is fantasizing. Yeah. So I wanted to have that one, but basically breaking it down so, so that the, the being able to go, ha, create a filter so that people can use wisdom or experience and just critical thinking to like, think like, you know what, maybe I could go with that business because I got nothing to lose. Like I don't have the things to start with, but I can just YouTube it and learn it and do my mm. best and see what I can do around it. But I, I definitely think, I definitely think that uh, uh, being able to listen listen to what your heart's telling you and being able to even like, I think flirting with the idea is always important. Even if you don't, I don't think, even if you don't feel like you're a hundred percent, at least flirt with the idea and pretend that you are doing whatever yeah. is like really like driving you. Like right now, I'm just starting out this podcast, but I'm like, Frick, I feel like I'm one of the best podcasters on the planet. Even you should. Even though I'm like just starting out, but I think it's really important to embody that when there is a lack of experience or confidence in one particular part of your life. I'm also going on tangents, man. Holy shite. That's the whole point of podcasts. Yeah, this that's true. Tangent central. That's what it is. <laughs> totally. Oh, man. So what is it? So what is it that sets your heart on fire? Since we're talking about it. Oh, man, I'm I'm very easily inspired. But uh, lately, it's just been people who overcome things or people. I'm always inspired by giving. So when people give, I, I, that sets me on fire. I love to give. 
I love to, um, I love to, I love to give, I love to share. I love to, I lo especially tools that help people, uh, not necessarily just like material gifts and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I like a, I like a Gucci bag, just like the next, the, uh, you know, the basic whatever, but, uh, <laughs> uh, I just like, um, I love, I love people who equip other people that inspires me. That gets my heart on fire. Like, for example, someone like, I have, if someone's wanting to learn about personal finance, I love to give them a personal finance book and then hit them hit me up in three years saying that the principles of these books um, help me save a, save a bunch of cash and make it better investments in X, Y, and Z and get out of debt. Like that's an example for you. It could be like your fitness programs um, and everything that you do, helping people lose weight um, or get just have a healthier lifestyle. I think that's fantastic. And I think that's what sets me on fire is when I can give um, and something that isn't just intentional and is a tool for them to put in their tool, but tool belt and help them move on. I'm on the same page as well. I, I think I, I get more, um, more experience experiences set my heart on fire. And especially the moments where there is providing value. And I love it when I love, honestly, I can't even really add to anything that you're saying. Cause it's like, it is, it's very much so uh, same idea for me. Uh, something I was kind of thinking as well is like, I, I've been trying to integrate the business part of things to be able to have a better giving component. Cause mm -hmm. what I want to try doing is provide as much value for free as possible. And uh, we can talk about freaking AI if you want. Cause I'm sure you got, you probably dove into some parts of that. Cause I think there's so many, I'm going to try utilizing AI to be able to provide as much free value as possible where people wouldn't even need me. And Smart. they would, they would sign up with me because they want to work with me, not because they need me. Right. Yeah. And I mean, uh, that's the whole Gary Vaynerchuk back in the day. He had that thing where it's like uh, jab, 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 right hook, which is essentially yeah. his thesis about business, which is just to give, 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 then ask. And then the lower, the longer you can delay the ask, the better off you will, because you know, everything in life is compound interest. And if you think about compound interest, the first year you have a dollar, you get 10% on that. It's a, it's a dollar 10, 10% of a dollar 10 is whatever you just keep adding it. And then it compounds. And then after, you know, seven years, it doubles or whatever the law of 72 is. The whole point I'm trying to say here is when you give it compounds. So every time you give and you give and you give after five years of giving the, the mountain of free will you've built up is enormous. So if you were to ask, or like, hey, can you buy my program or buy this product or support this conference or whatever, follow my podcast. It's a totally, totally easy, like they want to do it. They've been waiting, they've been begging, they've been wanting you to ask for them to do something for you because you've been giving them so much. And that's not the whole point of it. You want to give because it's the right thing to do and because you want to, it's like you, like you just said, it sets your heart on fire. But uh, yeah, totally, man. I just think it's, if you can build models around giving and having this system in place where it's just like, uh, whether it be AI or whatever it is, that totally can set you apart. And to answer your question there, I'm not sure if it was a question, but I had to comment on it with this AI thing. I took a course last year through MIT called Applied Data Science, where I learned about Python programming, machine learning. I did the whole course. It took me like three months. I spent a lot of dough on it because I think that's the, where the future is going, um, machine learning technologies. And I, I'm very impressed by the possibilities of it. I think... Uh, if you know how to do it and navigate it and you can think about uh, business and real world applications, it can be a game changer, man. I mean, I'm already using it for some real estate projects I have going on and this business I want to start around um, real estate price predictions. But I think that there's a lot of applications 
uh, especially because depending on the industry you're in and what you're trying to do, the thing that's important for AI is data. So if you have a huge data set of information, uh, you, if you have stats on certain things, that's what feeds the AI to make it, you know, train itself. And if you have like a bunch of information in a certain topic, like you said, you want to interview people who are like the best at what they do. These people who are, who are the best at what they do, they probably have stats or data points on certain aspects of their business or whatever they're trying to accomplish. You feed that um, algorithm or whatever you're trying to do is whether it's a regression or a neural network or some kind of like prediction algorithm, man, you know, you, you're, you're, you're a pig and shit, man. You're just freaking, you're just, you're set, you're ready to go because, uh, it can do a lot of the data crunching and analysis and predictions that us humans would take hours and hours to do unless we were like mega nerds. Right. So that's just the way, um, that's the way of the future. And I think it's, have you heard of chat GBT? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. So you I let, used that. You didn't interrupt David. You were talking that whole time. <laughs> sorry for interrupting myself. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm so Canadian. I can't even help it anymore. Yeah. I say sorry in a like 50 times a day, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> ChatGPT, uh, man, go for it. Go for Chat it. ChatGPT. So this is a this is a it's a, it's like a it's a it's a search based uh, knowledge algorithm or uh, uh, computational data set that essentially read the whole internet and has prepared a full length responses based on the question you ask. Now it has limitations, but comparing it to Google, when you ask Google a question, it gives you. 10 pages of 10 different sources per page and it ranks them based on its relevancy, but it makes you decide what information to get this chat GBT. It's a search function where it gives you the best answer and it gives you context in a paragraph. And for me, this, this thing I'm looking to build, I learned how to code in Python, but I don't want to spend my life learning how to be the best programmer. That's not the highest and best use of my time or my skill set or my natural abilities. So I know what code to, I know what to ask. Python to do, but I don't know necessarily want to spend the time on learning each line of code or all the syntax. It's like, I want to go to France, but I want, you know, oh no, I'm going to learn French. We can talk about that later. I'm learning French right now, but I don't want to go to China and learn China and learn Mandarin. I'd rather learn the basics of like, how, where's the restaurant? How do I use the washroom? Blah, blah, blah. Where's the, you know, where's the brown sugar? Where's the cookies? You know, I'd like the, the, few, the few things I need to know, where's the whiskey? The few things I need to know, where's the psychedelics? Where's that? Where all that? Where's all that stuff? I'd rather learn the top of the language and just so I can navigate. That's what I want to do with AI and with Python, because I know the top of the language, I know kind of like how to interact with the basic syntax, NumPy, uh, you know, strings, uh, all these different kinds of things you need to learn with Py Python programming. And I know what business function application I want from it. I can simply go into JatGBT and be like, uh, please create um, a linear uh, regression, CNN, a CNN based a linear regression uh, to, uh, uh, with this data set, um, uh, give me these parameters and it will make the code. It will type the code for you. And if you run it in another, uh, code-based, uh, uh, um, a platform and there's an error, you just put the copy and paste the error into GBT and it will find the error for you. And then you say, make this change. It's essentially like talking to someone if you're coding who's like been doing it for 10 years and being like, can you make this change, make this change, except you don't have to pay the guy. You know, it's free. It's a free service right now. Problem won't be free for long, but it's a game changer, man. People got to check it out. I, I completely agree with you. Uh, uh, a couple of things that I think is really cool. First thing, first thing, uh, there's this fella I got, you got to check him out and I'm just going to freaking shout him out on this. Cause this is going on YouTube too. Hormozy. The algorithm. 
different guy, different guy. But Hormozy, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, it's this other fellow. His name's uh, Dan Co. Okay. And he's trying to create, he's not create, but he, he, I completely, this is where I think the future of business is going, where it's going to really encourage a lot of people that are curious or actively curious to kind of pursue this. But he is going to going from the perspective of the value creator. So like what we were talking about earlier, where, where it's just like provide value, value, value. So he's going yeah. with the value creator kind of methodology. And he's really working with or really focusing on this uh one person business that's what he's calling it for now <clears throat> but it's crazy it's like i i got introduced to utilizing notion which i'm going to be able to use ai to be able to create so this is what i'm doing with notion i i'm able to create a full daily planner and reflection that i can use as a resource for people that are part of my newsletter Cool. So not only, so they get to have a copy of mine because I get to do it on a daily basis. I do my morning journal and then I guess go into the app because we're all going to go to our phone at some point. It's just the first app that I have open on my phone. And then I scroll and it has morning gratitude, three things and it has it broken up. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to separate that, have it as a template, introduce people that become a part of my newsletter introduce that to them so that they have kind of like if worst case scenario they have journal prompts if they don't want to use the app they have journal prompts mm. uh so wow. then so so i'm utilizing this ai to be able to provide way more value and then i'm going to try designing an intake form with like google docs or something like that because you can use different softwares like zapier to connect softwares okay and I'm theorizing and I want to put this on YouTube because I want at least one person to be able to do it if I don't do it. So I can just learn how they did it. <laughs> Smart. Right. That's, a, that's uh, a, I love that. I love that application. That method's uh, serious, man. Right. So I want to have it as an intake form. So let's say you, uh, you, uh, I put it into my link, uh, join the newsletter and get a personalized program for the next four weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. I would you be able to, or should be able to utilize the AI. So let's say chat GPT in this case, and then let's say an intake form like Google, uh, Google forms. Yeah. And then I could say like first name, Akeem, last name, age, gender, uh, how many times per week you want to work out. Mm. Like I can put it down and break it down in multiple ways. And so I want this intake form to actually take the information that they, the person puts in and it emails them a full program. That's that would be dude. And it's personalized. Yeah. Uh, it's personalized. Wow. And that's, that's 100%. Like that's where I think things are going. So then it's using, I'm, I'm seeing everything. I have, I have this question. This is going to be a conundrum for you. I want, this is actually going to be a question that I'm going to ask you like now, cause I think you'll have a cool answer or possibly, this is the question that's been since the introduction of chat GPT mm -hmm. in November, which is now at a stupid amount of users over a million. Right. The question that I've been asking myself is how much or how much can I do or what can I do with AI? How many, yeah. What can I do with AI until my very first human hire? Right. So what can I get done? What can I outsource using AI before I actually have to take on a human being? So the only things that I'm aware of 
that AI really can't do right now is they can't do your HR. Well, you're not, well, actually HR is related to someone hiring somebody else, but if it's just you, uh, it can't do your accounting. Um, it can't do, it, it can't protect you from uh, being served. So anything legal, anything accounting, uh, anything like that, where you have to go to school, uh, you know, because you need contacts when it comes to the legal system and uh, accounting when it comes to the government, but everything beyond that it can do as far as I know. It can, it can automate your schedules. Like you said, it can make programs. It can do follow-ups. It can be a CRM. It can it can do all these things. It can things. be a CRM it, too. I guess it could. Yeah, it could. It can do auto. It could probably do like an auto response that'd be very similar yep. to like. Wow. Yeah, it can do everything. It can, it can give you it can give you ideas for content. Um, outside of what we're doing right now, it can't create content. You know, the one thing about being. It can't, it, well, it can't, it can't be as charming as you as you and I, no, that's impossible. It, it wouldn't be able to take like us. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, deep fakes. Yeah. Like deep fakes. And like, well, I guess yeah. technically. It well, could deep then, fakes yeah. are there, but they don't have, they don't have the, they don't have the sauce. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Right. That's it's, true. it's like a steak without any butter or garlic. That's what you're looking at. You know, steak still looks good, but you're missing a lot of the main ingredients there. A little butter, a little garlic, a little thyme. Totally. Going, going back to the Dan, Dan, uh, Dan Co guy. Danko, okay. Yeah, check him out because uh, he's utilizing he's utilizing utilizing a lot of softwares uh, to be able to out, outsource a lot of his business, and it's really cool. Like something that he talks about is you have a million dollar or a hundred thousand dollar product in your head, and yeah. what he is really talking about as a value creator is what is it that. The question is that he's kind of put in there is what is it that you have overcome that you can teach other people to overcome as well? So I, mm. I'll be talking to my like one, two, three, four, five year self. So like five years ago, what would I tell myself? And then I can create a module for it. Right. So that's where the big idea uh, framework kind of, or the big idea, mental method. That's what I'm calling it. And that's where that came from. Uh, and that was inspired by Dane Coe because he, he's taking his experience and then he's creating, he's focusing on story and providing value. And I think, um, I really think that that's where a lot of businesses are going to go, or at least yeah. solopreneurs. I think that's where a lot of solopreneurs are going to be like, uh, the, there's going to be a huge increase in the value creator, I believe. And time. there's, there's going to be, it's going to be so much information where it's going to be that nuance of the of the personality, like what you're talking about. We have the personality and I think more personalities and more people that have solved their own problems are going to be creating more content to be able to help more people. And I think with, uh, the, with wanting to really like help and provide value, like what we're talking about, what Dane Co does, what Alex Hermosi does, what Layla Hermosi does, like all of them. I think, I think the, when the, and that Alex Hermosi says, give your best stuff away for free. And then you'll I be able to like charge totally. higher for when people actually come because you're getting to deal with the, like the big stuff. And I think that if, if yeah. people are trying to keep, 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 or take, 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 I think that's where the, there's going to be a huge like split. Yeah. It's a scarcity versus abundance mindset, right? Like the universe workers works that way. The more you give, the more you, the more you get, uh, the more you keep, the less you have. It's very, it's, uh, you know, you want to be a river with a lot of entropy and action and kinetic energy. You don't want to be a silo or a little swamp where there's not a lot of energy because things die in there. It starts to smell. Uh, I mean, you just have to look to nature for your cues. If you're taking all your cues from 
uh, things that are dying and slowing down, uh, you know, you got to act like the things in nature that are thriving, like they're raging. Well, the water in this in the ecosystem is being it's being absorbed by the plants. It's being taken up into the sky. It's being given to the animals. It's just giving, giving, giving. And the water just seems to keep coming and coming and coming. But the the swamps and the lakes, you know, they dry up, they cease, they, they kind of go away eventually or they get they get diseased or this plantain and algae, right? You, you know, you get beer fever if you drink it. Like it's just a whole host of problems. If you start to, you know, keep all the resources in. And like you said, you got to give it away, get it out of your system, give it away. Uh, like build the most valuable thing you can build is, a, is an audience right now. Like that's the most important, like in the world is eyeballs, right? So people who have people who can build these audiences, uh, call it a thousand true fans by Kevin Kelly or whatever you want to call it. Um, eyeballs that are dedicated to you. They're, they're real fans. There's a, there's that, that there's a bit of a value. There's a market around that, that you can't really beat, right? Like it's, it's, it's really become uh, the thing you can leverage. I would say the most, I would say, actually, no, that's not true. The biggest thing you can leverage is an algorithm. So the TikTok algorithm, the, the, cause you have to build that code once, <laughs> Once you build like the Instagram code that was built once. So they built that once and they're still getting red. They're still getting boom, boom, boom. People signing up, people using the platform. That audience is huge for Instagram. But then the second audience is the people like, you know, the, you're going to build this podcast up. You're going to do all these interviews. You're going to meet all these people. You know, they're going to share your podcast to their audience. Everyone's it's a real 250. Everyone's got 250 intimate people they know. So, you know, you times that 40 times 250. You know, you're talking about thousands of people here you're going to reach with this show potentially. So that's the value of giving, right? And um, the people who understand the big picture of that, they, they're, they're making content like, they're, like it's going out of style. Like they can't, they can't make enough of it fast enough because it's about feeding that audience and giving them really good value and really good content. So when they think of you, it's like, boom, it's association. It's like the wordplay game, right? If they think, oh, Kyle Smith, and they think, oh, Kyle Smith value right away. Like if, you know, your picture of Kyle Smith's face in the dictionary is right next to the word value. I mean, you'll never, you'll never, uh, you'll never not have a ribeye steak on Sunday night. Right. So it's just, that's just the way she's going to go. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So I got an interesting thought exercise for you. So I don't know the value that I can provide. I don't know the story I can tell. Uh, kind of lost. So what would you say to uh, someone who's uh, thinking that way? Of looking for what their value is or what they can share? Yeah. So let's say they're like super excited. They want to, they want to also provide value. They just don't know their value. Like they don't know what to provide. They don't know where to start. Uh, they don't know uh, what lessons they can teach, but they understand that giving is good. Uh, and they want to be a part of the, the, possible future that we're talking about right but they don't know what their well, value is what i would do is i would start talking anyways i would start doing this podcast anyways understanding that nobody's probably going to listen to it or want to listen to it because this is a this isn't a craft this is an art talking is an art like anything else podcasting is an art just like anything else editing so while you're sucking at doing that start going out and having shit happen to you i always used to say people who are say no to stuff you should be a you ever seen the movie jim carrey uh yep. yes man where he's in the show, he's in the conference and he's like, uh, you need to say yes for a month straight to every single question that's asked of you. And it changes his life. And he could probably do a podcast after, after that one month of experiences because of all the crazy shit that happens to him, all the good stuff, all the bad stuff. 
the point is you need to live life more, have more crazy shit happen to you. So you have more stories to tell and you gain more wisdom from it while you're having all that crazy shit happen to you because you're saying yes more to your more open to experiences. You're doing more stuff. You're having more stuff happen to you. Perhaps you're getting ripped off. Perhaps you're falling in love. Perhaps you're starting something. Perhaps you're getting your ass kicked in the gym. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're going on a psychedelic adventure. Who knows, right? The, while you're building this skill up of telling your story, of communicating your value, of uh, getting in front of a mic and telling your story, you should be experiencing life so that you can kind of have, that's where you get the juice. That's where you get the kind of, that's where you turn the taps on of the water flow we were talking about earlier. So you have some water to give, right? Because right now all that water is frozen in a glacier in your life, right? It's at the top of the mountain. You need to melt some of that, some of that glacier water so you can get the, turn the taps on, get the waters flowing. And while that water's flowing, you're learning how to, you're learning the, the you're learning the craft of communicating your story because everyone thinks that uh, you can just tell your story and it's, you're going to be good at it. Like I'm not even that great at it. I'm starting to get good at like, just kind of going through a routine, but you need to get good at communicating. You need to get, it's a skill set you need to harness and you need to look at it like anything else in your life that's a discipline or a practice. Like you learn how to squat. By the time you've done your 50th squat, maybe you're starting to get good at the form. It's the same thing with telling your story. It's the same thing with talking. So while you're while you're looking for experiences and value to share with other people, start uh, practicing telling your story. Start practicing uh, uh, telling, communicating what you do or what you what your worldview is, because these things kind of happen simultaneously. So by the time you've lived a lot of life and you have a lot of stories to tell, you're good at telling it. That's totally right. And this is probably that, a year or two year long process, right? Yeah, totally. I think, uh, I think traveling also helps uh, speed up the process because Absolutely. when you're traveling, people are going to ask you questions about your life. And then it's funny because we ju we're just thinking, I think we think of like home base, like, oh, I, I, I can't really tell a story, but then we find ourselves in a different environment, like traveling and we're yeah. not, we're in a completely different country, for example. And then someone's like, oh, what's your name? What do you do? So on. And then we freaking crush our story. But we just yeah, always forget about it while we're, I guess, more comfortable, I suppose. Absolutely. I mean, the best podcasts on my show, Akeem Stream Show, the ones that do the best are when I go and have some crazy experience and I come back and I just tell the story about it. Like the latest one that did really well was called The Sins of Swan Hills. It was just about my first hunting trip and how I, you know, I went on this hunting trip. I had no idea what we were doing. Uh, I was so scared shitless because I thought a grizzly bear was going to come and eat us. I brought bear mace and I sprayed myself in, on my leg and then I wiped my face with bear mace while hiking, hiking up a hill. I wanted the guy to shoot me instead of shooting the deer because I was in so much pain. And then how we blew some stuff up after dinner and eating a bunch of psychedelics. Like I just told that story and people loved it. It got shared a lot because guess what? While I'm learning about telling my story, I'm going out there and I'm doing new shit. I try to have a new experience every month. So last month it was ice fishing. The, the month before it was hunting. The month before that, it was something else. Like you got to go and be like, hey, this month, what is it going to be? You mentioned traveling a few times in the show. Experiences is what set your, sets your, your heart on fire. Experiences, traveling, crazy shit. I got a facial in October. I taught, did a whole podcast, half podcast about getting a facial and how it made me feel, right? It, it sounds stupid, but people are fascinated by that kind of stuff. You'd be amazed by what people want to hear you talk about. So uh, it doesn't have to be this amazing, like, you don't have to go to the Serengeti and shoot a, shoot a, you know, a Cape Buffalo, but, or you don't have to go to the Calgary Stampede and ride a, ride a bull, like a bull, uh, whatever, but you got to go out and have some, have some crazy shit happening to you. Right. One of my, one of my biggest fears and one of my sayings is you don't want to grow old with no stories to tell. 
You want to be able to be a 65 year old in line at A&W getting your discount for the sausage and egg and coffee and, you know, be sitting with your boys outside on the stoop and be like, remember that time when we were 28 years old and we got into all that tomfoolery and all that mischief and we broke that girl's heart and she turned around and made out with you. And I was so pissed off. And then we went out into the bush that night and we found a nice little clearing there and we got chased out of the woods by a creepy guy, man. Who was that guy, man? He was probably a secret agent from the Illuminati, right? Like just, you know, just you got to live your life and then crazy shit will happen. And then you'll have stuff to talk about. And then people will be like, oh, this guy's interesting. Like at least he's not sitting at home all day, every day. But if your life is sitting at home all day, every day, try to find a way to make it interesting, right? Maybe you find a ghost in your house or maybe you find like a, a, an old journal from the 1900s because it wasn't cleaned out. And you find this like ancient passage or this uh, treasure map in the basement or the attic. Like who knows? Or make it up. Maybe like I found this. I found this treasure map, and it's totally bullshit. But you'd be like, I found it. I think uh, it's telling me to go to the river valley and find, dig up this uh, part in this part of the woods, and then you plant something there and you video the whole experience, and it's like an egg, Kinder Surprise or something. And like I'm, I'm obviously I'm off the rails right now. But you get <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all good. I think that's pretty cool. It's actually interesting. I have my own, I have my own, um, little kind of, uh, uh, perception when it comes to, uh, living my life too. So since you shared yours, I'm going to share mine too. Uh, I actually always, I used to have this fear of death, mm-hmm. uh, and it was just like really wound up. And I remember even as a kid, like I remember being a kid and me crying at night and my mom being like, what's up? She obviously, she was more compassionate than that, but she was like, what's up? (laughs) And I I said that I was scared to go to sleep because I didn't want to die. And that was literally like, and I actually had that. Yeah. I had that for a long period of time. And then I just kind of shifted it over time. Like I just really intentionally wanted to change it. So I kind of, I kind of switched it up where, um, where for me, I was like, I'm pretty desensitized for I've lost a couple, I've lost a solid chunk of peeps. And so I'm a little desensitized by it. So I look at it like death is now an old friend, right? Okay. And there's been a couple of times where death was going to come on by and be like, Hey man, you want to go get a beer? But thankfully didn't. But one thing that I want to be certain of is that by the end of my time, when death eventually puts the hand on the shoulder and says, let's go get a beer or it's time to go get a beer. I want to make sure that I'm the motherfucker that's at the bar telling good stories yeah, yeah. rather than talking about how shitty my life was. Yeah. hundred percent. I love it. <laughs> uh, I mean, um, there's a Billy Joel line. Uh, they say there's a heaven for those who await. Some say it's better, but I say it ain't. I'd rather laugh with the sinners than cry with the saints. The sinners are much more fun. You know that only the good die young. And I've always loved that song because it's true. You know, if uh, you don't have to be a sinner, that's not what the point, that's not the point, but you got to have, you got to get into some kind of, you know, you got to have some war story, you know, you never trust with a guy with a limp or without a scar. You got to go, you got to have some shit happen to you. And it's, it's almost hard for it not to, which is why this is not a hard exercise or a hard kind of like, uh, we're not, we're not asking you to move uh, heaven and earth here or to mm-hmm. the Rocky mountains, but like, you know, just, just know that if you're struggling with the value you have to share, you're probably right. <laughs> uh, you probably don't have a lot of value right now uh, because you said so you think so. And um, 
as a man thinketh, right? Um, as a man thinketh that in his soul, so is he. So whatever you think is right, you're, you know, if you think you're wrong or you think you're right, you're probably, you know, I, f- I forget who said that. I think it was Paulo Coelho from the Alchemist, but he says, uh, regardless of what you think, you're right. Uh, so if you're convinced you have no value, you're probably right. And you probably need to go live your life while simultaneously learning how to tell your story through the written word or however, whatever medium you want to choose. I like podcasting because I think my voice is, uh, is uh, silky smooth and I'm brown sugar cream supreme. But if that's not you, you need to figure out a way to find your medium to figure out kind of how you want to communicate to the world and just go for it. That makes complete sense to me, man. I really, <laughs> yeah, I totally, I totally agree with you. I think, uh, I, I, ah, man, I think that, uh, I think that when folks take the time to, uh, think a little bit more often, like think intentionally, like think like deeper thinking, uh, I feel like, or I'm, I'm kind of thinking like, cause I chatted with this 95 year old lady. I'll give you some more context on this one. Okay. So there, I was hanging out just on the promenade and I was just overlooking the river Valley. It was pretty cool. I was just chilling. And there was this old lady with a walker that walked by. And I thought to myself, I'm like, Oh, I wonder, I wonder what her answer to the question. Um, uh, what life advice would you give? something like that or okay. reflecting reflecting on your life yeah. what are three pieces of advice that you would give kind mm-hmm. of thing and i was really intrigued but i didn't at that moment i didn't have the i just didn't take action right right so i was still sitting there and she like went away and like 5 10 minutes went by and i'm like you know what she walks this place very often next time i see her i'll actually i'll actually just ask her yeah so same day and by same day i mean i st- stood up and then started walking home. The lady was at the very last bench. No way. There. And so universe. I man. Think, yeah, man. I think it's very important when we live congruently with the promises we make to ourselves. And that was just a moment for me to like really test it. Cause the second I seen her, my stomach was like, I got nervous because I knew I made that promise to myself that I was going to ask this old lady next time I seen her. So Walked on by and I was like, excuse me, can I ask you a question? She's like, yeah, sure. And uh, she's 95 years old. I asked her, I'm like, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? She's like 95. I'm like, you're very spry for a 95 year old. And she's like, thank you. And I asked her like, what, what piece of advice do you have for living a a joyful life? I believe I said. And uh, the thing that's so interesting is that it was a simple piece of advice. It was just take care of your health, take care of the people around you, laugh often, and just eat, eat good food. And it's so interesting. I think as we, this is my thoughts is like, as we age, people think more and more about the things that are actually important, right? Yeah. And the reason why it becomes easier over time is in my mind, we just have less and less to think about because we live more and more life. Okay. So our, so the novelty of life is decreased because of our duration of time. Like no matter what I think someone's experience of life is going to decrease because they're not experiencing new stuff and they're not accumulating more cool stories. Yeah. And, uh, and I think, I think, the thing that she said that really stuck out to me after we were chatting for a while is uh, 
she's like, well, I'm like, ha have yourself a good one. And, uh, thank you very much for, uh, for, uh, chatting with me. And I really hope that I live to the age of 95 and I'm going to surprise yourself. And she said, I think you'll be okay. You're already thinking. She said and, that. Yeah. And that, wow. that like, it really stuck out and I'm like, holy shit. So is it, is it like that type of intentional thinking or curiosity that leads to living a fulfilling life? And then I think when we're chasing the cheap dopamine hits, we're decreasing our ability to enjoy the simple things like human connection or like food or like uh, physical activity, because we're so bombarded with so much feeling good that we just become crack addicts to our own uh, devices kind of thing, or just crack addicts in general. Like I'm not, you know, I'm pretty Amen. inclusive. You can, yeah, to, you know, to each, to each their own man. Yeah, exactly. Some people like phones, some people like crack, you know, Hey. but uh, I thought that was really interesting where there's, I think, I think people just, I think the, the gift that curiosity gives is a longer life. Yeah. You're going to stumble upon information that could be very useful for you. Right. And it's just like, I love that response from her. You're already thinking, you know, I mean, there's a level of intentionality and a plan that you have to have, like nothing happens by accident. You don't have a, like a, a good health by accident, right? There's a, there's a degree to planning that goes into your daily life. And it's hard to project five years from now. I used to be a big five-year plan guy, but I've become more of like six months. Now it's like three months. Now it's like one month plans uh, because like I can have forecasts and targets, but my plans are kind of on a 30 day cycle or even a week cycle. Cause that's really my immediate future. What I can really like see myself doing in the next week, but like everything else, it can compounds. And in the 95 years, that's like 95 years of good choices. Um, you know, enough good choices. Obviously there's a lot of bad ones, probably 50, 50 or 60, 40. Uh, you just don't want to fall below that probably 50, 50, you know, where it becomes, you know, life is either an upward spiral or it's a downward spiral. I totally believe that you're, like I football, I used to play football back in the day. You said I was a quarterback. One of the my favorite sayings was one of my coaches used to say was you're either going to get better today, or you're going to get worse, but you'll never stay the same. There's no such thing as being like you, the people plateau, but after a while, it's no longer plateauing. You're getting worse, right? Because that's just the way that's just the way the universe is. It's either going one direction or the other. Uh, there's like you can you can you can climb. And there's like mini plateaus, but the longer you're on that plateau, the more likely you're going to be going down because there's spirals. So this, this lifetime of getting to 95 is it's, yeah, you might have like some, some, some skip ups or some, some, some mishaps here and there, but generally the course of a life like that is like, it's enough good decisions to get you enough upward momentum to, to get escape velocity and to have a healthy life. And there's a lot of luck involved, but I think that, uh, you know, if luck is a fire, then gas is good choices. You know, if you put gas on the fire, the gas will make that fire just explode and be an inferno. Um, but water is bad choices, right? Water is, water douses the flame of luck. Um, a lot of time, uh, you know, bad choices douses the flame of luck. So I think that, um, you know, decision like, you know, her saying you're already thinking about it, that's really profound. And, um, you know, um, there's, there's, like you said earlier, there's a balance here where it's like, yeah, being intentional and planning versus being in the moment. Like you don't want to, like, for example, if you're with a girl on a date, you don't want to be planning the moment to you kiss her kind of thing, right? Being like, Hey, at 9 PM, I'm going to kiss her no matter what. Like, no, you got to kind of read the room and be in the moment. 
So there's a little bit of like a, there's, there's a bit of nuance here, like there is for anything else. So, um, and you also don't want to be an overthinker. Like I used to be an overthinker quite a bit. Um, now I'm my, my default is just action. If I get a sense to do something, I just go, like, I don't really, I try to delay the time between things. Like even when I'm texting people back and stuff, like I'm fast, like it's like, Hey, are we doing this? Yeah. Are we going? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now let's go. Let's go. You know, speed. Cause speed, speed is inertia. It gets you in the upward spiral and adding time to anything, whether it be a business deal, whether it be a contract signing, whether it be a first date, whether it be a podcast uh, recording, whether it be whatever it is, whether it be getting on the first fitness program, the more, the, the more time you add, the less likely it's likely to happen. And it's not going to happen with as much, um, uh, fervor and, uh, and, uh, and, and juice and excitement and, and, and momentum. So I'm a big believer in speed and acting quicker. And to do that, you can't be a huge thinker. So, uh, you know, you got to measure out being this like super analytical, uh, over, over analytical think person who like thinks on everything and doesn't make any decisions and a person who, uh, you know, does make decisions, but then also can like, you know, maybe every Sunday you think about your life and where you're at and touch base and have like a checkpoint. So there's a, there's a, and I'm not perfect at this. Nobody is, but, um, I like my default is action. Let's go. And for me, it's like, if it's a hell yes, for me, it's like for two things, for most things in my life, it's like, it's hell yes, or it's no. So there's no like, ah, oh, maybe I'll think about it. Because if it's a maybe I'll think about it, then it's probably a no. So just save, save them time, save yourself time. Uh, whether it's, the only time I struggle with this is with food menus, with menus on like, a, if I'm looking at a menu at a restaurant, or if I'm picking cereal at the cereal at the grocery store, I'm like, do I want that? Oh, maybe, maybe I'll come back. I'll put that in the file. And then I'll look at the next thing and be like, what's your, uh, what's really good here? What's super famous here at this restaurant? And then that's the only time I allow myself to be a little bit more kind of a thinker because I'm very intentional with what I put in my body. But anyways, talk about tangents and sidetracks and rabbit holes. Uh, that's enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was all good. I honestly, I knew we were going to go into tangents and everything as we were just chatting. So ain't no biggie. Uh, that's so pretty sweet. I think, uh, yeah, it's also fun just kind of shooting the shit. It's kind of interesting, like me thinking about it, where eventually there's going to be someone at some point that's going to be listening to this. Also, I thought of this as a really cool reason to put value and content out there, or at least sharing life experience. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for when I'm old and I go back and I watch this. Yeah, definitely. I think that that would be like an interesting, I think that's an interesting kind of like perspective or thought to have where it's kind of like, oh, what is the information? Like I get to see from this point, because for me, I don't really think of myself as being the retirement kind of person. I, I want to work till the day I die. Like if I'm capable of doing so, I will work. And my metric for whether or not I'll retire is if I, if I do not believe I am providing value to the human race, then I'll retire. Yeah. I mean, the, and the money's not the metric, right? There's a lot of famous uh, art directors or people who make music for cinema. Like look at Martin Scorsese. He's in his late eighties. He's worth a quarter of a billion dollars. He could retire technically based on his age, but that's not why he's making movies. Right. So um, there's it definitely the, depends on what it is you're doing, what your career is all about. Nice pineapple bubbly plug, plug, by the way, I love bubbly, yeah, man. but so uh um, I totally agree with you with regards to content. Um, one of the things like for me, like this is not everyone's life plan, but I definitely want to have kids. Um, I want to have a lot of kids, like three, four kids, two, three girls, two, three boys, like a freaking colony. Right. So I'm going to have, you know, 
I'm gonna have a friggin' village. But for those kids, when they have kids, and they're like, "What was Grandpa Brown like? What was he like? What was he? What was this guy like?" Well, for posterity, they're gonna be able to look back at these videos and be like, "Man, this guy was a bad motherfucker. Look at this guy, you know? Jeez, man, enough sugar to give you, you know, your insulin spike and give you diabetes just by listening to his voice, right? So, this is where we get the sauce from. It all makes sense. Sultry, sultry. It's like, oh wow, yeah. But uh, Papa Brown. But anyways, for posterity, for your legacy, like for me, looking back at my grandpa, I I knew my grandpa but I didn't know much about his life. If he did podcasts in the thirties and forties about what a day was like, how, you know, cool that'd be for me to listen to that. Or my grandpa in Jamaica, who was a sheriff in Kingston and Trenchtown, I think, or Trelawney, yeah, Trenchtown or Jamaica or Kingston. He was like a sheriff, had a lot of kids, you know, wasn't always perfect, but like, he was like an interesting cat. I would have loved to have like heard from my grandpa Brown, but what life was like in Jamaica walking around you know dutty wine man what's going on wagwan you know what where you go what do you do my young man you know and someone asking him, hey sheriff brown you want some broccoli me like me don't want no blood clot broccoli man get this out of here man you know me you gotta service these me you gotta service the young girls around this neighborhood man you know anyways one love peace be the journey all the rivers that run floated babylon you know but anyways if i could hear my grandpa talk or my grandma, I know my grandma, she's still alive on my mom's side. So I get, to, I, whenever I get time with her, like similar to your point about the lady at the, at the boardwalk or the lookout, whenever I get my grandma in front of me, she's in her, she's kissing 90. I think I like to ask her stories about her life. What were you like? What were you, what was your disposition? What were your temp? What was your temperament like when you were growing up? What did you like? What didn't you like? How was your style? What, what actors did you like? What movies were you into? Um, what'd you do for fun? What'd you, what'd you do that you never told anyone, but you can tell me, you know, I love to kind of, and these are the things that um, my grandkids are not going to have to worry about because they're going to be like, man, Akeem did this podcast on January 7th, 2023 uh, with Kyle Smith. And they talked about all this crazy stuff. Did you know this about grandpa? Did you know this about him? Like it's to me, that gives me infinite joy. I think I'm on the same page with that one. I think it's, I think it's really cool to be able to, uh, I think it's evergreen, right? It's just, yeah. <clears throat> I think we, we have like such a cool, such a cool time to be able to do so many things. And it's just like seeing where the opportunities are. I think something else is kind of trippy to think of as well, because we were born at that time where we had that cool combination where we were still going out and playing in the woods and we didn't have technology, but we also yeah. grew up with technology. We, I, I think, talk about that a lot on my show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. That transition so, period. Yeah. So think, so think of this as a, a mental exercise of like cameras were obviously a thing, but the high definition recordings and pictures that parents can take of their infant child. Yeah. Adults are going to be able to see themselves at zero years old and actually see what their mannerisms are like. There's that. And I think, yeah, that's a great point. The thing that bothers me a bit about that, or maybe not bothers me, but it's like, it gives me cause for pauses. Uh, the fact that it's digital, it's online. Like everyone's got photo. Everyone's got, uh, everyone's got parents with a photo album of like, Oh, look at little baby. When he was six years old, he was such a crazy little boy, but this it's a photo album that, is in a binder in somebody's basement, right? Now everything is digital. So yeah. 
when you're an adult, like if you're born, if you're Gen Z, which I think is like 1998 to like whatever, 2020, 12, if you're Gen Z, all your childhood is online Facebook somewhere, right? So if someone wants to dig something up on you, you'd be like, hey, what, what would this kid look like as a, as a baby? Before, like, like we were probably last generation for this, all that stuff is in a binder in our, in our parents' house somewhere. Now it's on Facebook. You just have to scroll down. And yeah. your, whole, your whole childhood, your whole babyhood, yeah, it's right there. So it's like, I don't know. I don't think I want that for my kids. A little bit of privacy, but um, that's some people, you know, and to me, this might be controversial, but people think that their babies look good. Or their, yeah. babies, their babies are beautiful. I'm like, listen, all babies look the same. Sorry to burst your bubble. All babies look the same. They, they, your baby is not unique, you know? Unless your baby can sing uh, a high C in Mozart or something when it's one years old, it's not that interesting. So I don't even know what the, uh, like, I don't understand the value, the whole world seeing what your baby looks like. It's a baby, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Maybe I maybe I lost people on that, but that's my opinion. <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. I think it could be the uh, the situation as well where the day is gonna finally come where you have the baby, and then you're like, oh, Facebook. Yeah, get yeah. Watch watch it. watch my wife be like. Uh, I don't have a wife. I'm when I have my future wife. Uh, watch her be like, Akeem. I know what you said on that podcast, but we're totally posting these pictures. Yeah, and I'll be like, exactly. uh, I guess uh, I guess uh, we don't have time for that. Italy trip this year I don't know yeah oh shit <laughs> no, no I'm just joking who knows at the end of the day uh you know I'll defer to uh to uh to better judgment um on that situation but my personal prep at this moment in time I'm not a big fan of it but who knows I could be uh, I could be proven wrong down the road with my own kids so uh that'd be the ultimate irony right or not irony but it'd just be funny yeah it would be it, it would be people would be like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Like, it's just like, it's such a natural continuation of just a funny hypothetical, you know? Yeah. For me, it's a preference. Like, it's not like a, it's not like a, I'm not, not the hill to die on for me, but my preference is it for not to happen. If it does, so be it. Yeah, that's totally fair. Well, my friend, we're at an hour and a half. Uh, I'm probably going to wow. be, yeah, I know. Right. I think you got the record for the longest podcast at this time. Yeah. Uh, the last one was Sean, my buddy, Sean Karan. He, he had a really good one too. Um, oh, but anyways, I got two questions that I want to share with you. Are you prepared for them? No. Perfect. <laughs> so, so this, this is the, how we're going to end the podcast. So the, ver the first one is what I think you'll be kind of cool to reflect on later on, but um, we're going to set this. We're going to set the scene. Yeah. It is the end of your days. You're hanging out. You're on your deathbed. You got your freaking six kids around you. You got <laughs> you got your grandkids that your six kids has have had that they probably had six as well. Why not? And they're all around you. And your podcast is done. All your content's out. It just goes away. The only thing is what you say on that deathbed. No content of yours exists. What is the lesson that you want to pass on? Uh, keep going. That's it. Nice. I like that. That was really simple. That was a good one. Mm -hmm. And then the last one, my friend, who is living, living to the tune of their own song. 
and I'll be on a ranch, by the way. I think I've been watching a lot of Yellowstone lately, and I, I kind of want to be. I think I'm ready to be a cowboy. You know, <laughs> yeah. Boots, belt buckle, the whole, sh- the whole nine yards, maybe fifty heads of cattle, um, and not, not even, not even for food, just to let them grow old on the ranch, and I'd go out there with a twig weed in my mouth and be like, yeah, <sighs> should have been a cowboy. Should've yeah, le- should have learned, should have learned to rope and ride, there, boy. Yeah. Exactly. Anyways, next question. <laughs> How would you define living a limitless life? Uh, I would define a limitless life as a life where you believe it's limitless and that belief uh, influences all your decisions, which means that you have no fear. I think... Nice that that's what it means to me. It's like having absolutely zero, um, having fear and then just doing it anyways, because you think that you think the universe is conspiring to help you. And you think that you believe you're lucky and you think that good things are meant for you and good things are going to happen to you. A long time ago, I had, I had this sales job and one of this, um, we're doing sales training and I couldn't get people back on the phone um, I'd leave voice messages, assuming the worst, be like, why didn't you call me back? I thought this was da, 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 da. And I learned something very valuable. Of course it come from a sales job. Right. But one time this old sage guy, he'd been at the company for like 40 or 50 years. And he saw something in me. He'd always take me for lunches and just kind of like try to give me wisdom. And one day he told me something. He's like, Akeem, always assume the best, always assume the best. Um, with these with these prospects with doesn't matter what it is assume assume the best intentions Um, it will help you and it will help them and I think that that's really good when it comes to um, possibilities in your life what could happen I always assume that the person assume that the person has no will ill will towards me I mean then I follow and then I look at the actions after that but if I if I put out a bad intention on their spirit, on their heart, on what they want, then I'm defeating something before it happens. I'm not allowing the universe to help me. Uh, so, or coincidence to help me or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I totally believe that that fine line is determined by your perspective and your attitude and what your intentions are for it. It's like the same reason you have a set and, set and, set, set and setting before psychedelics. Um, you know, you don't just go into a blind. If you want a limitless psychedelic experience, you want to set a setting for that situation. You want it to be positive or uplifting or whatever, fill in the blanks. But if you go in willy nilly, if you just go in without um, any kind of preset, or if you expect the, the worst would be like, if you expect something bad to happen, if you expect the worst out of the psychedelic trip, well, you're going to, you know, be careful what you ask for. Right. So to answer your question, I know I'm rambling a bit here, but I would just say, uh, to answer your question i would say expect the best um and uh when you expect the best and you take actions um you're able to um, act on your fears more than you aren't and you're still going to succumb to fear i think everyone's going to you know the flesh is weak so sometimes you're going to succumb to fear and that's okay um give yourself give yourself grace but over the continuum of like a 70 80 90 year life if you can think more about like hey what are the what's the best thing what's the best possible outcome 
and then act like that's going to happen and, you know, have courage. Um, I think you'll be all right. I think it'll be okay. And uh, my mom always used to say, everything will work out in the end. Everything works itself out in the end. And I truly believe that to this day. Nice. That is a fantastic spot to end this podcast, my friend. Akeem, the dream. Where do you want people to find you? Uh, find me um, on Instagram. That's what everyone uses these days, it seems like. So Akeem Brown. So A-K-E-E-M Brown, like the color, 67. I'm on Instagram there. And then I have two podcasts. Um, they both have Instagram channels. One's called Akeem's Dream Show Podcast, all one word. And the other one's called In the Hopper, all one word. That's a professional real estate development show that I do where I talk to like city planners and developers and designers about building Edmonton and all the products going on in the city. I talked to Daryl Case's business partner about the ice district. And I talked to the guy who's designing the high level line through the city. Uh, so there's a lot of cool, like if you're into like uh, city building and stuff like that, that's the podcast for you. Um, and then um, you can also find me at Station Park Yeg um, on Instagram. That's the uh, development I'm, I'm the project lead for. So it's uh, coming to the corner of what, if you're familiar with Edmonton, White Avenue Gateway right in front of MKT, there's a shipping container and micro retail development coming there. I'm the project development manager for that. So you can check out my page on Instagram, Station Park Yeg um, for that one. That one's coming. We're almost done construction right now. It's Jan 7th. This one's going to be done June 1st. We're going to do our grand opening. So that's going to be really cool for the White Ave neighborhood and anyone who's in the Strathcona area, really in Edmonton. It's going to be these shipping containers. It's going to be really sweet. So um, yeah, see, check me out on that. Um, and then, yeah, check out my podcast and uh, check out Kyle's stuff. Kyle's got a really good show. Kyle, thank you very much for having me as a guest. Um, I love how your, your questions were really good, really insightful. Uh, uh, you know, you have a, you have a great, like you gave me a great, um, you said really kind things about me at the beginning. And I'd like to return the favor here and just let you know that I take a lot of great cues from you, your consistency online, your ability to connect with people, uh, sense of humor, ability to think on the fly. Like it's very refreshing. I love getting your content, having you as a friend of my life. It's, uh, it's, it's made my life better. So, um, I wish you nothing but the best for the show. And, uh, I'm excited to see the value continue to create and bring out there in the community, man. And I hope it, uh, hope it uh, ends up being everything you want it to be and more, man. I really appreciate that. Thank you very much for that, dude. Uh, for those of you that are listening, uh, whatever you're listening to, listening this to, listening, whatever you're listening to this on, there you go. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe. If you're listening to it on a podcast platform, be sure to leave a five-star review, leave a comment. Let me know what you think. If you're listening to it on the YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, share it out to a friend, comment any takeaways that you had below. And outside of that, I hope you live yourself a limitless life. And I hope your day treats you as good as you look. See you later. See you later. May you live as long as you want. May you never want as long as you live. Nice. <laughs>